This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. Where else are you going to be, Steeler fans? I am Dave Schofield, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You want to stop shop for all the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with me, as always, it can't be the Scobro Show unless I'm here with Big Bro Sco. Rich, how's it going tonight? Uh, we're just going to take a second. Uh, oh, that's a quick breathe. Got to do a quick breathe because we didn't score many points this week. <laughs> so we can't, take, can't, can't long breathe that one in, you know. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, no. That but it, didn't, but I don't it was, care. But it was enough to breathe it in. So we're just going to I go would, ahead and I would take a huge thing. breath there. I would take an enormous breath oh, because just... it was a huge victory. It doesn't matter that they only scored 15 points. They needed to get out of Cleveland with a W and they managed to do that. And we have a lot to talk about for this game because if you've noticed the title of the show, um, we, we have a little bit different perspectives about stuff and we specifically did not talk about it to save it to talk with you all. Um, let's just say this. If we were to have this, if we were going to have this show at halftime of the game on Sunday, you all would have been highly entertained, highly entertained with some, with some brother action, um, discussing some things going on. But you know, then we come back and we Just have a ask the rest of the staff on the Slack channel. That's oh, a, we, we, we we talked about it in the post game show a little bit, um, yes, and and we're gonna we're gonna break it down and we're basically we're going to kind of say our thoughts and then we're going to kind of say how we also you know in the last two days really understand where the other one's coming from too. Oh, by the but, way, I, by the way, I have to say something else about that quick breathe that I had in okay. there. You do have to understand that that wind came in Cleveland, and if you breathe too deep, you get too much smell of jag there. So yeah, you got to just yeah. give it a quick breathing on yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's that you, you got to also think. You know, the, the Steelers—they're probably they have to hold their breath even longer because they can't just hop on a flight and leave. They got to take the bus. And I'm I'm trying to think how far are they how long are they still in Ohio when you're taking the bus back to Pittsburgh? Long um, enough that. Like I said, as Kyle would say, that jag smell just, you know, follow yeah. them all the way back <laughs> to the state line, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we really want to get into uh, the, the title of the show, but we can't yet because, my goodness, it was a big day. Um, lots of stuff going on. Trade deadline. Coach Tallman spoke today. Another announcement this evening. Um Let's do the. Let, let's go with the most recent. Let's go with the with the. I had to write a breaking news article tonight. I wrote one last night at eleven thirty. That's another one. Wrote one last night at eleven thirty when it was reported that um, Khalil Davis was signing with the practice squad. That's the twin brother of Carlos Davis. Um, the Steelers reportedly put in a waiver claim for him at the beginning of October when the when the Buccaneers released him, but they weren't high enough on priority. He was picked up by the Colts, let go by the Colts. No one claimed him. 
Steelers signed to the practice squad. That was an interesting article to write late at night. Not so late tonight, because I wrote it, oh, about an hour and a half ago, that, Rich, when you will be seated in Section 122 Monday night, you will get to be... If if, if somebody, you know... Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll take care of that. Uh, I was going to message you, but I'm like, that would require us talking between the game and now, and and we we needed to save things. But you'll be you'll be watching the Steelers in their color rush uniforms. It was announced that the Steelers are doing a color rush for Monday night. They are six and one wearing the color rush. Ben Roethlisberger has never lost wearing the color rush. Some people are like, "Really? You're going to bust it out for the Bears?" I'm like, "You know what? Bust it out for the Bears. Go get this victory." How do you how do you feel uh, about the color rush? Let's make it four in a row. First of all, I even interrupted Kyle while he was in doing his online driver's ed course tonight to inform him that it was a color rush game because he actually owns the Chase Claypool color rush jersey. So he is excited about wearing that. And now Renee has the reverse color rush jersey of TJ Watt. So I'm sure, you know, she'll be wearing that. That that came to you courtesy of me, courtesy courtesy of bad courtesy courtesy of China. China. (laughs) Courtesy of China and small people. Whatever, whatever shady spot he got that from. Let's just say um, it was about three or four sizes smaller than what it said it was. You know what? The, the jersey itself is pretty is pretty quality. It's yeah, just it is. size. It's, it's just size wrong. Yeah. Yep. But but yeah. So so you are going to be up there with the fam. You will be in my seats, and part of the fam will be in your seats. So you guys will be spread out a little bit up there. But hey. The, do they get a do, do people get the invite to be part of the 122 crew if they want to swing by and say hey to big bro? Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Probably, yeah. You know, um, I'll probably I'll probably be wearing my pouncy jersey still. Um, yeah. um it's going to be a little t- too chilly to go just with the uh big bro sco shirt, so <laughs> that's 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 true. It, it, it's interesting, I have to admit, I was. After the post game show, I took the I took the kids out to go uh, trick or treating uh, in the neighborhood, and of course, I was out in my Steeler gear. I was wearing my Steelers do rag, my Cam Hayward color rush uniform. I was wearing the Bumblebee socks. Um, well, technically, it's the reverse Bumblebee socks because I have the, they're black with gold rings rather than the other way around. And and people were saying, "Oh yeah, look at that gear." I'm like, "You want to know the truth?" All I did was put on long sleeves under the jersey and put on shoes. Other than that, it was the exact same thing I was wearing for the game. Nice. So, uh, so that that was that that was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, I, I I get dressed up even when I'm sitting at home. So I'll be wearing my color rush uniform, my color rush uh, Cam Hayward, sitting on my couch, um, having a knee jerk reaction and stuff like that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah. Hold on, I gotta say, Thaddeus, happy to see you out there tonight. I guess hey! he's not working tonight. So. Yes, Thaddeus has said how he... Uh, of course, I'm sitting here. I see all the other regulars out here, too. But Thaddeus and I talk regularly, and he had let me know why we hadn't been seeing him here on the show. So it was nice, nice to see him be able to pop in the live chat there. Good and to say see something. him there. Good to see you, Thaddeus. So, all right, let's get some more with this news. We got so we got color rush. So we got that's, color rush. That's, that's looking forward. Good news. Um, we'll come back to Coach Tomlin last. We'll go to uh, the trade deadline. Some Sealer fans are happy, unhappy. Um, happy with the move they made, unhappy they didn't make more. I'm not really surprised. The NFL is not a big 
trade deadline league, but it's nope, getting so much not. more than it ever was. The fact that the Steelers were involved at all, it's only because uh, Melvin Ingram reportedly really wanted out. So the Steelers are like, let's see what we can do. They sent him to Kansas City, so they will see him later this season in December. But in turn, they got a 2022 sixth-round draft pick. Rich, what's your thought on the Steelers' trade? Some people said we should have just kept him. I disagree. There are certain positions where I don't think you just hold guys. Ed Rusher being one of them. Yeah. All right? Because if you put that guy in the game, you need his motor going at 110%. Yeah. That's what Ed Rushers are. Okay? Yeah. And if you have a guy whose heart is not really here, you're not going to get anywhere close to 100%, let alone 110%. Yeah, motor out of that guy. So then it's doing you no good to put him on the field. So then if you're not going to have the good of putting him on the field, you might as well let him go somewhere else and get something in return. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, I really would have liked a fifth. Like like Jeff Hartman said, he's like, if you just, just even if you just get a seventh, at least you get something. Because if not, they were probably going to end up having to release him. Yep, they probably were. You know, so at least there you got something back. They get a sixth. I know Jeff is doing an article that's summing up where the Steelers are 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 with the draft because a lot of their lower ground draft picks are all shifted around. Um, with with that, so he should be on top of that one. He said he was going to do it. I will also tell you in looking at the compensatory formula right now. I did an update of that during the bye week, and the Steelers stood at one pick, and it was a fourth rounder because Bud Dupree had been injured and hadn't played enough snaps. And then um, Akella Witherspoon canceled Mike Hilton, and Joe Haig canceled Matt Filer. Joe Haig has now dropped below the 25% snap of offensive snaps threshold, which he was barely hanging on as a seventh rounder. As of right now, uh, over the cap has him out of the out of there. They have him not counting in the formula, which give, would give the Steelers two picks, which would be right now a fourth and a fifth. And Bud Dupree is getting more snaps in. All he needs yeah. is just a, a few more higher percentages, and he's going to bump up into a third. So the Steelers right. could be looking to happen unless yeah. Bud Dupree gets hurt. Yeah, and as long as yeah. – Bottom line is, if Dupree plays, gets them the third, at least they would get the one. It'd be even nice if they got the second one. But that's where they're sitting there. So Ingram, back back to Ingram. We're going to introduce some stuff from Coach Thomas' press conference now because he was asked, hey, actually seeing Taco Charlton in a game, did that help you to evaluate that? Actually seeing Derek Tuska, who now has a couple games under his belt and some limited snaps in a game, does that help you to evaluate more than practice? Coach Tomlin says, absolutely. They think, sure. they, they, they think they're think right. I'll be honest with you. This is what I envision now for the backups. Um, Charlton's not a coverage guy. He's not. Um, he's even played you know, some defensive line. I don't think he's a guy you want to put out there and say, hey, you're going to drop into coverage. If you're going to put a guy in to do that, I think it's Tuska, you know, if it's not one of your starters. So that's how I think they'll be utilized a little bit more. Um, and bottom line is he used the line. He used the line that I even used in the article about it that I knew he was going to say it. And that is we need volunteers, not hostages. Mm -hmm. So 
But Coach Tomlin said another thing in his press conference that I'm going to relate to the Ingram stuff before we touch on anything else. And he, he was talking about the Steelers and how they prefer to build through the draft. By him saying that, it told us a couple things. One, that they probably weren't going to make any other moves, although he didn't shut that down in the press conference. You know, you never know. But it all depends on what came across and what people were talking about. But what he was talking about was saying, you know, when you get a guy where you draft them and they're coming in fresh out of college, you're coming in. I know there's got to be something hilarious in the live chat, but I'll check it a little bit. Um, <laughs> you, you, you come in fresh out of college and you can kind of shape them as a professional, you know, and get and get them believing in your system where when you're drafting or when you're picking up guys as free agents, you don't really know where they're coming from and their expectations. And a lot of this with, with Ingram, while he was here, his expectation and the Steelers' expectations, they didn't meet. To me, what that tells me is this. This is how I envision it. I could be way off. So this is just my own commentary, my own opinion. So what it comes down to is this: the way the Steelers operate and they have is that the older guys – they take care of the younger guys. And sometimes these guys know you are working with your replacement eventually, that you're helping them along and teaching them the Steelers way. Um, I don't think that's the way Ingram had it with the Chargers. And I don't think he's used to that. And I, I, I think that he might, you know, there might be other teams where you go into that, your position room and you're not sitting next to someone that you're trying to all get better. You're sitting next to someone that you're trying to show that you're better than them. So you get the snaps over top of them. I could be completely off there, but to me, by coach Tomlin saying that that's how I could have took it is like, if sometimes with these free agents, they're not, buying into the way that the Steelers do things. And that is within a position group, you're all pulling for each other and building each other and teaching other, each other along the way. I know I just talked for a very long time. So what do you think about that whole thing? Um, somewhat agree. Cause my thought was Ingram felt that by this point in the season, he was going to have proven that he was a better player than Alex Highsmith and getting all those snaps, even though he said he was okay with coming and being a rotational guy. And now that wasn't the case. And so now he's not a happy camper. So, yeah, or he's a camper. Yeah. The only happy camper is the guy leaving the campsite. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> not a camper here. Uh, so you were laughing at your son's comment. Uh, sure was. <laughs> I, I had to go back and read it, what you're talking it, about. It's a good point. <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, how come Miles Garrett gets to wear his helmet to the stadium, but I can't? Meaning I, me, his Uncle Dave. He's like, he's more likely to take it off and hit someone in the head with it. Absolutely. <laughs> than what I would be. Yeah, I was told that I can't take my, my helmet because they just don't allow stuff in there that could, you know, you'd be used to attack someone. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting. Very good point there. There. Hashtag pay Kyle. Yeah, it just it seemed like Ingram believed that, you know, and it there was one report, I'm pretty sure. It was it, it was a Didi Kinkawala, if I say her name. I, I I try to say her name. I know how to say her name. I just physically can't get it right, if you know what I'm saying. I blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's no disrespect to her. I know how it's supposed to be, but my mouth just doesn't seem to move in that manner. I hope I did well enough there. But I'm pretty right. sure it was her report that said 
the Ingram just thought he was better than Highsmith. Yep. Damn. Yeah. That's not the way the Steelers are. No, the Steelers That's aren't. That's not like the way the Steelers locker be, room is. Not to be mean to Melvin mm-hmm. Ingram, but you're not. <laughs> you're yeah. not. You, like Melvin Ingram, Alex Highsmith, are they close and higher? Sure. But you're not so much better that you were going to get all the playing time over Alex Highsmith. Sorry, and, wasn't going to happen. And also you have to look. You're like, well, well, Highsmith, he has, you know, he hasn't shown it this season. He had a really great preseason. So even though, you know, you have to look at the competition he's going against, but you saw that potential there. And the thing is, do you want to just continue to play Ingram over top of him because you're not seeing it now? Or is he a young player that you need to continue to develop? Uh, sign me up for option B there. And that right. and if, if, two, if two guys are equal, if yeah. the two guys are equal, I'm taking Highsmith yeah. all day. And I and I still don't believe that they are, in my opinion. But yeah. that's just me. And and it because it's not like Melvin Ingram was out there tearing up. And honestly, I'm kind of concerned that. Maybe he just didn't like the three outside linebacker package, and that's where he was getting his snaps. If he if he didn't like being used in that role, I don't know. We don't, don't have to talk about it very I much kinda, more. I kind of like that package. I kind of like that package myself, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I did too. So I don't know what they're going to do there, but they did elevate. Well, not, well can't call it elevate because he's he's they signed because they moved up from the practice squad. Taco Charlton, he is on the 53-man roster now. They they signed Carlos Davis's twin brother, Khalil Davis, to the practice squad. They released a defensive lineman because they had they also brought in Josh Lambeau, the kicker. Um, which I think is interesting that they did that this morning, and then who gets released today from San Fran is Joey Sly, who kicked for West Virginia which you know how the Stillers like their, you know, they, they, they still love well, their not, West Virginia not, not kickers. Just, not just that. Well, not just that. You know, but, play you know, for them, Pat if, if, if you, uh, if you kicked in Morgantown, mm-hmm. you, you were facing similar weather conditions as exactly, what you will face exactly. in Pittsburgh. So exactly. although he's been, he's been struggling some, but I'm just saying right now, yes. a couple other things from coach Tomlin's press conference. Um, Boswell's in the protocol, but nothing's standing out as being, you know, different than, you know, unexpected with him. There's a good chance, especially being on a Monday, that he could be back to kick, but you bring in a kicker on the practice squad because you've got to do it. You've got to make Which we're going to get into here shortly. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that very shortly. After we look at $1.99 from Connor Eddy, he says, does one good catch solidify Pat or is Ebron number one? Um, if you're talking about the touchdown catch, I think Pat had solidified himself more as the number one prior to that. So yeah, and uh, <laughs> he has more than one good catch. I, that's yeah. one thing I would say for sure too. But I I think Fryermuth is. I mean, he's been more of a number one option for them. And really, it doesn't matter on the depth chart. It really matters nope. in the snap count. Correct. And and it matters. Who Ben Roethlisberger's looking to go uh, to? I was going to say the, tar- the target goodness. numbers matter. My goodness, it seemed like the entire first, first quarter it was Pat. I mean, and he would have had another good catch that was brought back on a penalty that I was pretty upset with. Let's talk about some officiating real quick. Oh, um, no, you do not want to start me on this now. either. Because this is what tells me, and, and Jeff Hartman brought this up on Let's Ride on Monday, that he says, it's, I'm pretty sure he says it's his father-in-law, 
that says it's all rigged, it's all set up, it's all predetermined. When when you look at some of the officiating stuff there, you're like, one little call and how it can change everything. You have to wonder because that one catch by Fairmuth that he would have been just shy of the first down, most likely they might have gone for it, but it was called back for an illegal formation on Chuksakora for because he wasn't lined up close enough on, on the last scrimmage. Now, from where I saw it, they generally have to be a lot further back. You've got to have your entire face mask behind the center's butt looking straight down the line before they're going to call it. And they'll generally let you know you're pushing it too far before they'll throw it. And maybe they did, but we don't know that. And I just thought that was a really ticky-tack call, which killed a drive. You know what I'm saying? They're opening yes. drive. So it was pretty bad. Um, I, as much as Deontay Johnson was getting mugged, the Steelers knew that they could get away with more in the secondary as well. So that that was one thing that, they were, you know, when Baker Mayfield was all fired up when he went out of bounds and comes up, he never should have even been running that ball because I, that was one of the worst holds of the game that was on Spillane there. Or meaning someone was holding Spillane. Um, it was I even yelled, Kyle and I are sitting upstairs watching that, and the hold happened on Spillane. And I yelled as soon as I saw it happen. I said, "There's a hold," mm-hmm. and I was like, "What? No, no flag, no hanky on that one. We've been hanky happy all game. Yeah, on yep. ticky tack stuff. And then you see that, and it's like, yeah, yep. Um, then you want to call holding in the end zone after the play was over." Yeah. Take away two points off the board. Yeah, that was, you know, and that, that was the thing. It was, you're a, you can't call pass interference after the guy catches the ball. You know, you can't call holding after the whistle. Well, there wasn't even the whistle, but after the ball crosses the plane, you, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just, if fun. you hold somebody after the touchdown is technically scored, the play's over as soon as the ball touches the plane. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's but, some others. The the roughing the passer on Alex Highsmith when basically the only reason Highsmith hit him is because T.J. Watt tackled him into Highsmith. Um, that's just bad. But let's get to the other call. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead. And, I, I, oh, that call. Okay. Let's get into the title. I should mention the other official call because man, I, I could go down a whole list of bad calls by the. Oh, do you have another one you want to throw out there? <laughs> you know, I'm one? going to give the the officials credit on one play in particular. Okay. And that was the flag they picked up on TJ Watt. Yeah. Okay. I was not surprised that all the flag came out on that play. Well, the way I they actually, twisted him around, it made sense. Right, the way it twisted it around, the official assumed that he had a hold of the helmet. Okay, because the way the guy's head whipped around, it would it looked like that was the case. I do not blame the referee for throwing the flag there. What I do appreciate is other is other officials that also had an eye on that play. They all get together and they're like, "No, he's got a hold of him up here by the jersey. It is yeah. not the face mask." They all talk it over and decide, "Okay, that's the case," and they picked it up. That is actually right. how how officiating is supposed to be. Yeah. The frustrating part with the officiating was calling things that were borderline being there and then obvious things that were there not being called. Yeah. That's where my frustration all year yeah. has been in officiating with all the games, not just Steeler games. 
Well, we talked about it on the post game show. As soon as that game was over, what do they do? They send over to the to the Jets and Bungles, and you watch. You know, Bungles got a bungle, and you watch Mike Hilton get flagged for that play, which all which ended up sealing the game eventually. Um, and that was a terrible call. It really was. It was an awful call. So I'm like, oh, it's not just well, a Steelers game. It's a little bit everywhere. <laughs> if you were from if you were from this area out here, you kind of like that call. Yeah, because of. The player was against. The oh, so it was Ty Johnson. Oh yes, t- yes. Who uh, who was um, from Western Maryland? Yes. Okay, yes. that's right. Um, I now know what I now know what you're saying. So, but it was off. But again, I felt bad for Mike. Mike Hilton knew that when I had, he said I, he knew that flag was going to be on him, and he knew he didn't deserve it. Yeah, he knew yeah. that there wasn't going to be any reason to argue it or anything. He's like, look. I'm there. Yes, I go in to make the tackle. Yes, our head's hit. Should that be called against him? You know, he's probably thinking, should that be called against me? No, it should not, but I know they're going to. See, because I think the key to those plays that they really need to pay attention to is what level, and this is hard when you're looking at so many different things as an official, but still, this is why someone said, I think it might have been Trey Essex had said on Twitter, this should, if, if, if you're going to take it to this level, it need, you need to review it. This needs to be, you know, kind of like the targeting rule they have in college, because it was the whole notion is here was here was Hilton's level, the, the, his or agree they have a official in the booth. Why doesn't right. he call it off? That's because correct. his his level was at this level, which would have been fine to not have helmet to helmet contact until the offensive player's head came lower to where his head already was. He had established position first. It's just like with pass interference. If the defensive player establishes position first, it's like basketball taking a charge. If you're if you're set up in that position first, you have the right to that position. His head was at that level. He should have the right to keep his head at that level. Correct. Even if someone else puts their head down. And I don't think it should have been flagged on the offense either. Sometimes players' heads hit, and neither of them means to do it, and ne- neither if of them we was could, if and it we, If we could make it so that the players' heads didn't hit, yeah, we could get rid of helmets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just get rid of, gonna, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could get rid of helmets because you, your head's never allowed to touch anything. There you so. go. All right. You know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're, we're, we're going, we're going to, we're going to break. Yep. <laughs> because it's going to get, get going. Yep. It is. So if you're wondering what's coming up, because it's going to be the title of the show where we don't always agree about everything. We're pretty agreeable so far, but we really didn't agree with something when it happened in this game. Um, and we're, cause we're going to get to the worst officiating call of the game. Um, we're going to, that'll also lead us into things moving forward with the Steelers this week. So we're going to go ahead, slide on into part two. If you're listening to the audio, go ahead and click over. If you're here with us on uh, YouTube or Facebook live, give us a few seconds and we'll be right back. <laughs> 